This is Joe Verisco with JRV Majesty Productions, and today we are interviewing Mr. Wallace. Hi. So, if we could just start out by um, having you tell us uh, your preferred name, gender pronoun, and uh, astrological sign. Uh, my name is uh, Mr. Wallace. My legal name is Eric, <laughs> but I prefer Mr. Wallace. Yes. Uh, my gender pronoun fluctuates depending on my conversation. Most people know that when I speak to them, I call them she. Right Some on. people get offended by that, particularly boys, <laughs> particularly straight boys. But <laughs> I call everyone she, including myself, mm. and I talk to, about myself in the third person all the time. So she is fine, but if you say he, I won't be offended. Uh, my astrological sign is Gemini. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. And uh, I know that you're working on a lot of different things lately. So let's go ahead and dig in. Um, one of the first things I wanted to talk about was I've only in like maybe the last year really been able to see some of the work that you've been doing um, uh, as part of the Banji Report. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it seems like you've kind of blossomed doing a lot of your own solo work lately, which is really awesome. And again, this is just... Uh, my initial exposure to it, so you may have been doing it longer. <laughs> um, but I was wondering if uh, maybe you could give us a little bit of the background or origin story for Mr. Wallace as a performance artist and kind of how that came to be. I don't know <laughs> how it came to be. I literally um, started performing by myself because I was asked. Um, and the reason why I was asked was because I wore heels to the club mm. and, oh no, I wore heels to the club and then I came to twirl dressed in a very like Lee Bowery-esque look. And, um, and then Scott Kramer asked me to do a party called Looks. Um, and so I took that opportunity to perform at, on my own. And once I, uh, people saw me doing that, they decided that I should perform all the other parties too. So Chances, Salonathon, yes. et cetera. So I've been doing Mr. Wallace performance art, um, but it all takes cues from what I learned uh, doing Banjo Report for the last year. Right on. And so um, maybe you could talk about uh, kind of your relationship to the Banjo Report, like how you got involved with that, um, and, and maybe how has that changed over time? That is a good question because it's been an evolution. Mm-hmm. I started going to the Banjo Report party oh, before right. it was anything else. <laughs> so the Banjo Report party was a Wednesday night affair where mm-hmm. uh, one, two, uh, or at the time, his name was Dulé Tom, uh, DJed. Uh, at Wang's on Wednesdays, and Anthony was the bartender, and that was the entire structure of the party. It was oh. the band report, it was different music, it was rap, it was hip-hop, and it was Anthony's way of bringing, you know, uh, a hip-hop urban feel to the Boys Town area, because it didn't exist outside of Urbano on Friday nights, mm-hmm. so it was kind of his way of infecting the, the area and the community with a different sound and giving kids who liked different things a place to kind of reside, and I was currently working at a boutique managing a boutique on Oak Street downtown and Mm -hmm. so I worked a lot of hours and was stressed so every Wednesday I would go there and just get blackout drunk basically (laughs) listening to the best music ever and dancing and talking with them and then I went to Amsterdam uh, on a gig Mm -hmm. Um, I got a job and I was out there for like six weeks and then I came back and I was unemployed when I came back Mm -hmm. and so I was just there a lot and they, in that time, had decided that they wanted to come up with a mixtape. And they were going to do a Kickstarter to get money to record the mixtape mm-hmm. um, so that they could uh, promote the party, right. so to speak. So the mixtape was going to be them rapping, but it was really to promote the party. 
And so I was like, y'all need help because the way they were going about it wasn't the best, I thought. And I thought they could do better because I, I saw the talent. So mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to manage you because I have nothing to do right now. <laughs> and that's how we're going to figure this out. And they were like, we would love that. And so um, somehow in the mix, one, two, and Anthony spoke about a podcast. And so they were like, we want to start a podcast. And we know you want to you know, manage our group, but we would love it if you would host the podcast. Oh, right on. And so it was like basically me at the party, like I normally was, running my mouth, talking about whatever it was from politics to fashion to a lot of times the music that he was playing or the different artists in the game and um, and what I thought of them. And so they were like, we just want you to do that on the mic in a very loose format, whatever you think is necessary, and we're mm-hmm. going to put it up. So that's how I started with the Bandry Report, but that has evolved from being the manager and the MC to being uh, of the podcast to being one of the MCs in the rap performance group, which we put out a mixtape last January. We've traveled all over the United States performing it. New York, LA, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, uh, most recently for VIA Festival, and then they went out to uh, New York again to perform a couple parties. And uh, in that same time frame is when I started pursuing more performance art outside of the group as Mr. Wallace. Right on. And that's really cool. Like, I think that it was around a year, I think it was, yeah, just around a year ago that um, I was meeting with H. Melt and Emmanuel Vincent uh, to talk about this a uh, night that we wanted to do called Queer Cipher, where they wanted to like, feature a bunch of um, Chicago queer hip-hop artists. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I'd heard of the Banjee Report, because we were also meeting with Justin, mm-hmm. Swagorilla, to uh, like get his input. And of course, he was like you know up on a lot more stuff that was going on um, than I was, for sure, <laughs> um, within the hip-hop community. And so that was the first time I heard of it. So it sounds like like it's been probably around that time that all of this, a lot of this evolution has happened, which is kind of uh, really amazing yeah it just it really just happened it's like I've never experienced life so real before because I mean that's how it happens in the movies you know right right. (laughs) next thing you know you're that girl right in the movie set and that's how it felt it's like all of a sudden you're that girl throwing that party so even like my my manager and stuff like that at my job at the time Montclair when I because I started working immediately after I got back and I, I took on these roles with them right at Montclair my manager would come yeah. Band report. And he would talk about how great it was, and he would listen to the podcast. And then, you know, we got the pro account um, on uh, SoundCloud, so it was really exciting for us because we were looking at, you know, all these kids all over the world. You know, China. We had a play one time. Saudi Arabia. We were like, in the things I'm saying on the podcast. If you go back and listen to it, are crazy. I'm talking <laughs> about like. Look at this tray. He touched it on my ass. Oh my god, I'm drunk as fuck. I'm like misspelling shit and just like being crazy. This is like not for like these kind of communistic or like very highly religious right. you know areas of the world, but they're listening. And I'm like, who's out there listening to this? And all over South America and Europe, you know, really big. Right on. And, you know, some of these people started to write us, and other artists started to write us. And it was also around the time where you started seeing the names like Leaf or mm-hmm. Life and uh, Mickey Blanco and Cakes the Killer yeah. and House of the Dosha kind of come up on the blog sphere. You know, this queer rap is big. And then our friend Big Dipper was on that uh, Details magazine with mm-hmm. them. So it was just like a whirlwind of you know, opportunity happening. And it was like, I kind of felt like I was in the middle of it and I was in this kind of like niche version of it because I'm in this like rap group Wu-Tang style <laughs> <laughs> from Chicago. And yeah. I'm like this cunty, like 
you know, Benji bitch, and then I've got like the trade, and then I've got you know the other trade who's like DJs, and so it was just it was just a look, and it was just a mess, and I was just like, I love it, I can't not stop doing this, but I also knew that there was more that I wanted to do that yeah. I couldn't do within the Banjo Report, for you know aesthetic because it is Banjo Report, and it is more masculine driven, and mm-hmm. it's not that I can't be cunty or fishy because I do that all the time, mm-hmm. but like playing with more makeup and the heels and kind of moving into the drag world doesn't really work with that. Plus, there are a lot of amazing rappers that are already doing that that I want to let them continue to flourish in that area. So I've kind of come out and, and gone into this more performance art route and I was like, I'm just going to do this here and there and see how it works out. Yeah. Just playing. But now it's kind of in demand and so I'm performing tonight. I'm like, tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I definitely think that that's how it goes. Once the momentum kicks up, it's like, you just got to stick with it. And I think it's great. I mean, like it's, it's, uh, I like what you're saying about that. It, you know, it doesn't really fit with the, these things don't necessarily really fit with the boundary report, but, uh, I like to think that it's all a part of the same like solar system or galaxy, but we're like neighboring planets to one another. So sometimes exactly. we have to, sometimes we just have to hop on a different orbit, but you know, we can, we're spacefaring awesome kids. So <laughs> we like, just like <laughs> jump on a chat and like head over to the next planet and be like, okay, now I got to go do like this whole other thing. Yeah. It's really <laughs> just like that. It's like, it's different worlds. It is really like, I love the way you said that because I the whole community that we're in I just like thinking about what you've done with you know Lexicon and uh, at Solanathon mm-hmm. and then Solanathon itself in general and then you know I'm learning more about you know Kiam and what he's doing um, but like the whole Pilsen scene and then you've got Chances which is this huge entity of parties that's going on and grants and yeah. it's just like and there are ways trying to get further and further into the community, but everybody has their own aesthetic. Right, everybody has right. their own kind of like rules of play. And totally. <laughs> I, I kind of missed throwing the Bandry Report party because I got to bring all these kids from all these other worlds into my world and it's 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 a cool world that people really enjoy. So I, I like it, but we'll see where it's going to go because we're in a kind of a transition mode now. Right on, right on. Um, well, I was interested in finding out like maybe traveling with Bandry Report or um, playing in Chicago or, or even as yourself, what are some of the... Uh, you mentioned that you know they've uh, started to have some dialogue with like people that are listening, um, and maybe uh, what are some of the what was like a moment that really sticks out for you playing or performing um, that was really um, surprising and that really kind of like um, resonated with you. Eric Avery, who mm-hmm. is hysterica, she's a DJ and performance artist. She's a comedian. She's a beautiful person out in LA. Mm-hmm. He was at our Mustache Monday show. I had no idea who he was before that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to go out there and do my thing with Band Report, and it was fucking amazing. It was mm-hmm. my first time in LA. It was like the coolest party in LA. You know, it's legendary for having. Everyone from MIA to, uh, you know, uh, Delia Banks, I believe, um, who's uh, MIA's protege? Uh, she does Sunshine. I can't think of her name. Mm-hmm. But, like, everyone's performed there. <laughs> Everyone. Small, you know, performance artist groups, uh, dancers. Everyone has been there. A lot of my, you know, friends and people in the industry that I know have been there. And it was something, it had a name. And, and we knew about it before we were even doing this. And... The opportunity to perform at that venue and at that party was yeah. amazing. But then, that I mean, that's just the beginning of it. So you, once you get into that space and you're there, mm-hmm. there are actually people there there to, to see. You know, there that's their community. That's their big right. report. And so they're like, well, who are these girls coming? And this kid Eric was just going off. 
off the entire performance. He was just like <laughs> dancing. He was snapping photos. He was like picking up on the lyrics and reciting them back during the choruses. It was like, oh my God, this is like real. Like I'm up here rapping. This kid is a fan now and he's loving it and he's getting his life and he's being inspired. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is all about. And that's amazing. And then to go back and connect with him via Twitter mm-hmm. and to see all the work that he's doing in his own world is really exciting and amazing. I just want to be as supportive as, as I can to him right. because I felt like he inspired me and now I get to be inspired by him and I want to see him perform one day. But that, that's that been like one of the biggest, the biggest, biggest moments because it's like I can actually see my effect on an individual, especially a person of color on, you know, in a different world, in a different way and dealing with their own set of, you know, issues that this world comes with. Right on, right on. Um, so what are, um, you mentioned that there's like a lot changing and stuff like that. I'm curious to find out like what are some of the independent ventures that you're um, seeking to, you know, pursue either creatively or professionally um, this year? Or- I want to do a lot more art shit. Mm-hmm. I want to be in <laughs> galleries. I yeah. got to go to the Chances Dances um, first Friday's curation, mm-hmm. summoning a new career reality. And to be like dressed up in a Mr. Wallace look, the lady in black, mm-hmm. in heels, floating around the, the you know the venue. And then I ended up battling an amazing dancer, yes. Darrell Jones, in a Vogue battle. And luckily, a photo by Mateo got some video image of that. Actually, two people did get a video of that. Mm-hmm. There are two videos out there. I, I edited it and I put it out. Because oh, yeah, it's cute up on my blog. Really, really cute like to be in a museum voguing. Yeah. Like, I learned how to Vogue watching YouTube videos. Like, I got, you know, I was told as a kid, you know, don't walk like that. Don't mm-hmm. talk like that. Don't hold your hand like that. So, like, learning that there's a beautiful art form that, like, naturally communicates a lot of your body movements that you you naturally do, like, was crazy to find. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I do that. I can do that. My hands work like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so... I'm like learning how to vogue in my room. My mom is like, stop all that stumping, you know, and like <laughs> all that noise making. And so like now I'm in like the MCA, Museum of Contemporary Art, voguing. And now there's a video online of that. You know what I mean? I want to do more of that. I want to be able to perform in that way because I think there was a lot of injustice done by Madonna when she came out with that song. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the community really understands what Vogue is and how beautiful it can be. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people out there doing really awesome work all over the world uh, to make that known. And I just want to continue that and hold that torch as well. Um, also, with the queer rap, I think it's really important to have different voices out there being heard and a lot of rap is the same shit. Mm-hmm. Right, you know right. What I mean, like, I love Kanye West. I think he's one of the most brilliant people on the planet. But he's misogynistic, mm-hmm. period. Like, and not only does that affect women, but that affects men who grow up thinking that they have to be that way towards women. And that mm-hmm. affects men who feel more feminine or trans people. And when you know they hear those words, over and over and over and that being popular culture it's really damaging to our society we're not gonna get to a place where you know we're okay with gay marriage you know you know macklemore having people getting married on the grammys is a beautiful thing but then you've also got a lot of rap music that says a lot of different things about what it means to be a man or what it means to be a female and i don't think that that's the way that we should live so Mm -hmm. i want to create stories and verses that inspire people like i was inspired by the rap that i grew up listening to which was a lot of that stuff but i feel like i can take it to a different place because i have a new experience and i've got a new confidence that 
allows me to kind of step out there and say these things. Yes, the majesty of it all. I love it. Um, so, uh, yeah, what are there any particular, I mean, I love that, you know, one of the things that are um, the elements that's kind of important to you or a priority is to support the work of other artists um, that are doing um, work that really resonates with you. Uh, what are some of those artists even, like doing things that uh, are similar to you or that you really look towards either in the rap voguing community or outside of that? Outside of that, Mr. Junior. Mm -hmm. I like just discovered him recently, like last year, like who this person was or what the person does. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you're a burlesque dance dancer, like you're a male. But, but it's like not <laughs> boylesque, which I've, I've kind of like on the outskirts looked into burlesque a little bit because I, when I was a kid, you're getting all the like, when I was a kid. Oh, stories, please, I love it. Give when I was a kid, kid one of my goals, I used to tell this to people when I was in high school, I was like, one of my goals, I want to be a stripper. <laughs> and I would sit in my room listening to, I just, I love R&B music, I love sexy music. Uh -huh. And like for all the people who listen to this and are at pleasure tonight, they will see this come through because I, I love strippers. Mm -hmm. Like I love showing your body. I grew up like, not loving myself, mm -hmm. not like that's point blank. So, especially the way I looked, um, it, it went from part of it growing up in the suburb and realizing, okay, you're black, so you're different. To not only are you black and you're different, but like now you're feminine and people are calling you gay. To bitch, you are really tall and you have really long arms and really long legs and you're really fucking skinny. Like, you don't look like normal people, you look like an alien. <laughs> Like, and oh, <laughs> like and that's how I felt. And then I found high fashion, and I was like, I look like those people. <laughs> those people are the best people on the planet. I look like those, but I'm like looking at female models. You know what I mean? Right, male right. models, there used to be the more of a thin male model, and I think I could still pass for that. Now I'm getting a little bit bigger on top, but like, mm -hmm. No, I look like a I look like Joan Smalls. The kids who are this is a gang, but I look like Joan Smalls. I look like Jordan Dunn without breasts, and so <laughs> I feel like. I'm an alien and I like, don't belong on this planet. And that's why people like Juliana Huxtable make me feel so beautiful because I think she's more gorgeous than I can ever be. But like, I look at her and I say, that's what I look like. Like, that's what I can be. Somewhere in between and, and owning it and loving it and being celebrated because of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I grew up not liking my body and I wanted to be a stripper because I thought that that's what loving your body was all about. Like being able to entice a crowd sexually like that and unveil. And so when I found out about Mr. Junior, who does this, but like does it in this kind of gender fuck, like mm -hmm. is he a boy, is he a girl, is this drag, is this not? I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard of. I've still yet to see his boy perform, but I, I did get to see Pochop perform. Uh -huh. And that woman is phenomenal. And I know they work together, so I cannot wait to see them perform. I've got to like make time. It's like I always have to perform somewhere else. Or yeah, some yeah, sort yeah. Of function hosting That's how it's during been. his performances, and so I really want to work with him. I keep teasing him, saying there needs to be a Mister versus Mister performance. Because oh my god, that would be amazing! It would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, he, he's one of the major ones. Pochop again. That's mm -hmm. another artist I want to get to connect with and learn more about. Kiam, mm -hmm. um, and I have already discussed doing video work and photo work throughout the year. Right so the, the goal for Mr. Wallace is to be in galleries and to be in studio photo shoots, editorials outside. Um, I do some photo uh, uh, fashion styling. Yeah, I'm going to be styling Drapes, uh, Ashley Drapes collection. Oh, um, I know. 
which is what is it called? Wrath of Drapes. The Drapes of Wrath. That's what the Drapes is. of Wrath. The Drapes of Wrath, which is a beautiful collection on G February 9th. And in um, photo by Mateo is uh, doing the, sh the photo shoot. Um, it's going to be a really cool, cool event. But I, I want to do more fashion stuff like that, you know, just be styling. But mm -hmm. I want to take that and incorporate it into the, the performance art that you've seen as Mr. Wallace and the Lady in Black and the Lee Bowery-esque looks and the Grace Jones-esque look and like make this beautiful book of images yes. that span, you know, from a more masculine, because, you know, I've done like male modeling for some masculine male look all mm -hmm. the way to that's a fucking alien look. Yes, and yes. show people like what you can do with the body, mm -hmm. what you can do with art and what you can do with the identity. I think that's kind of what Lady Gaga was trying to go for. But maybe, you know, she didn't completely communicate it. But I want to really show the you can look a million different ways. You right. don't have to be one thing. Um, and that's, there's a beauty in that. Yeah, to absolutely. decide what you want to put into the world and take that and own it. And then I also think there's a beauty to, you know, performance. And a lot of times people just don't, they don't step outside of their everyday look. And I want people to feel more comfortable doing that. I'm trying to be more comfortable doing that. Yeah, absolutely. A couple times I did walk in with an idea. For the looks party, mm -hmm. I did a blackface look. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why is because I feel like there are a lot of people who are not black doing blackface looks as high fashion. This mm -hmm. has actually been happening in Europe and all over the world. And there's a lot of controversy online you can read about, is this menstrual, is this not? And a lot of times I don't like it because mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessary for a person to dress up in a tribal look or to dress up in an African look and then paint their skin black what's the point of that if like if you really want to style something with beautiful black bodies mm -hmm. or beautiful black skin find some black people to do it because mm -hmm. they're out there mm -hmm. there's no point in you painting your skin black um and then a lot of times um also something that i was been dealing with is this idea of like the um the happy or the happy-go-lucky junkie is you see in movies in America a lot. You know, you've got this junkie who's like being funny and telling jokes and doing, you know, whatever, you know, providing this beautiful wisdom, you know, magic Negro insight mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to, you know, typically white characters all for a fix. And it's like so happy-go-lucky, but that was not what the crack epidemic did to the black community. That's not what we created. We didn't create elves running around <laughs> with magic, you know, powers of foretelling the future and giving advice to people all for, you know, a quick fix. That's not what happened. Right. My father was a crack addict. Mm -hmm. And so I took the opportunity of doing looks to talk about that. Um, and so I painted myself in black. I wrote niggas across my chest with cues. Um, because a lot of times drag, you know, the illusion of being a woman or the illusion of whatever it is you want to be is all for this kind of like empowerment of the oneself but like what happens to the empowerment of other people especially the disenfranchised and my father i felt was disenfranchised by those images um all the way from the happy-go-lucky hollywood junkie to these blackface images that i'm seeing on the internet with these like white lip like mm -hmm. you're gonna do a black face with white lip you do, like that's there are people who are like cracked out with broken lips that are white that mm -hmm. are black like that and that's like that's not beautiful mm -hmm. to you but you think this is. So I went up there and I did my thing. And, and what it was is I actually sang, I don't know these pacham acapella, which means give us peace. I don't know if Berlin was ready for that. But um, <laughs> I, actually, I was there. I loved it. Yeah, the, actually, the, to speak on the, you know, the, the most surprising event to happen to you in a look was I was up there singing that and I got heckled 
the hecklers, you know, heckling me, you know, mm-hmm. shut up, pull up your pants, because I kind of wore like a baggy pant. I was I was dressed as a crack addict, and um, pull up your pants, you know. Why are you screaming at me to pull up my pants? Mm-hmm. I'm not showing anything. You can't see anything. Do you not like the look? Do you not like the song? That's fine, but you're not saying that. You're telling me to pull up my pants. Am mm-hmm. I being too black for you? Is this right. too black? That was really odd, uh, and I and I'm glad I had that experience because I wanted to like push that out there, and I wanted mm-hmm. to show that. I mean, you don't see too many black queens out here to begin with, let alone people making political statements. So right. it was it was an interesting experience, and I loved it. it, it how how has that community, the queer community, transformed some of the work that you're doing, um, and, uh, and and how do you feel that it is transforming others, or has the potential perhaps to transform others? That actually happened for me on New Year's Day. Oh, right um, on. I, you know, I grew up in Chicago, so mm-hmm. I had a fake ID. I went to many bars and places like that before I was of age. Once I was of age, I hung out at Sidetrack, mostly Scarlet. I go to Sidetrack and bump around because, I mean, it was like, oh, I'm the cute young thing and everyone sucked you. But really, yeah. my age group was Scarlet, so I would go right. to Scarlet and dance my ass off, Berlin, dance my ass off. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I've been in Hydrate a number of times. I don't really care for it. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just don't. Um, I, the best time I had there was at the Mayo party, which I got to host and I was rapping. That was an experience. I was like in a jock strap. Yeah. <laughs> there's like all these bear daddies everywhere, like filling up on each other. And I'm like, these girls are not ready for my cut. <laughs> like, um, but like, so that's one instance mm-hmm. already, like being in manhole, rapping, right. and a, you know, in a cunty, like working my hips, swapping my dick, all like all that shit, like, but being cunty and black mm-hmm. in that space, because that's a mostly white club. Right. Sorry to say. Um, but more so than that, on New Year's Day, uh, Limited Edition, which is a group uh, with one, two of um, of the band report, and um, uh, Justin, Swag Gorilla, he and him came together to form this group, and they have a new party at, every Wednesday at uh, Progress. Mm-hmm. Progress used to be cocktail. This is like the heart of Boys Town, and they only play Top 40 shit, typically, in these bars, or like trans circuit techno versions of Top 40 stuff. Yeah. And I've stopped going to all of those places because there are not enough people of color in there, mm-hmm. uh, queer or otherwise. A lot of times, and from the past, the history of that area is that there were quotas, and so they kind of worked to keep those people out of those clubs right. for a long time. And I've heard instances of that still happening today. So some of the clubs on the strip, I don't even go into uh, anymore. Um, and so for that club, you know, and I love the new name, Progress, kind of pushing things forward, to have in a night like Limited Edition, period, is like me seeing that change happen. But then Limited Edition asked me to perform on New Year's Day, their launch party. Mm-hmm. And so I got to perform my queer rap in you know my queer way um and some of my people of color queer friends came to that party so bringing them into that space and enjoying that space and owning that space but then also interacting with the people who you know their built-in audience they loved what i did you know they were taking pictures and taking pictures with me and one of the things that i've never experienced ever i mean i've been doing more of this drag kind of as look you know looks makeup heels and but i rap and it's not like a traditional performance um a lot of drag queens get money 
when they perform. Rappers don't get tips. <laughs> right. But at Progress, girls were throwing money at me left yes. and right. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. So I was like, <laughs> I mean, maybe because I did have on a little like white lip, obviously like kind of like yeah. tribal thing. Maybe they thought it was more draggy. I don't know, but I didn't have any hair on, no heels. I was just dancing and rapping. And like half the time my mic was going out, so I was just dancing at certain points. But like they were giving me money and they were taking pictures. And so I saw that they were connecting with what I was doing yeah. and what I was saying. And so that was really cool to see because I know that's a different world and right, now I right. kind of infected that and now there's this visibility for them so that's not unforeign to them and maybe they're going to go online and see a blog post about Kate's the Killer and they'll be like oh they click that and now it's familiar and now right. it's more accepting for them to see the writing's on the wall and in right. a lot of those venues you go and you see it immediately so for me to be in that space it was it was really touching and it was really kind of powerful to see that that change is happening and you talk a little bit more about this kind of change happening uh, in your mixtape that's coming out, right? In the mixtape that is coming, you're gonna hear some kind of like ex exploitations being talked about and kind of like laughed at or uh, satired. So, right like one of my lyrics is, um, uh, old rich ass white niggas. <laughs> Also, I'm about that life, nigga. Oh, rich as white niggas, plantains and rice, nigga. Westchester life, nigga. I don't know if you ever seen that video of um, I can't think of her name right now. I gotta find it. But she's like in drag, plays basketball. And he's like, I'm, you know, I'm from Queens. I'm from da da da, -da and I play basketball. But and he's so inter he's being interviewed by these people for a dating website, uh -huh. and um, he's like talking about what he likes and. Uh, he asked the cameraman, where are you from? He's like, Westchester. He's like, Westchester! That's what I'm talking about! Like, I want to live that life. I want to live in Westchester. Mm -hmm. I want to have a home. I want to be a white woman. You know, I want to have a you know picket fence and family to raise. And like, and that's what the exploitation of hip-hop is about. It's a, Or black culture. Mm -hmm. I think that's what they want. These, you know, these black kids going out there, these rappers saying all these things. I mean, they want the money so that they can go buy those homes. You have Kanye West saying, you know... Uh, I throw these Maybach keys, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve and, you know, fuck you and your Hampton spouse, fuck you and your Hampton house, but, like, Kanye, you want to live on the Hamptons. Right. Like, we all want to live on the Hamptons. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with that kind of wealth or that kind of lifestyle, that kind of luxury and that mm -hmm. kind of success. And it's just wrong that there are people out there starving. Right. Like, if we can all live on a better plane, right. that would be a beautiful thing. And I think that's what we're all striving for with capitalism, yeah. so to speak. So I'm trying to touch on those things, but in a very sexual way because I've been walked, I've walked through before all of this, I walked through sidetrack and mm -hmm. back grabbed by many a men of many a different, <laughs> you know, right. color, and especially old white men, you know, they, they, they grab, because I'm beautiful, and they like it, and they can appreciate that, mm -hmm. and um, they want to taste it, they want to experience it, <laughs> yeah. it's foreign to them, sometimes it seems a little bit fetish, right. but not always, sometimes they just appreciate what I look like, right. and so... I want to touch on that, you know, those inner, my, my, my grandmother is married to a white man. Mm -hmm. not my, he's not my grandfather. Uh, she got remarried, but mm -hmm. I grew up in interracial relationships. Right. Like, seeing that outright, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there is something wrong with being exploited right. by a, per, a particular person. And so that's the one thing I don't want. I don't want our invasion into Boys Town to be an exploitation of yeah. us. I want it to be an ownership. Oh, absolutely. And right now we just don't have that. So... Um, and we don't have that in music, we don't have that in hip-hop, we don't have that We don't have that in any place, really, except for our own spaces, which is why we kind of run to those spaces and we yeah. create those spaces and we make those spaces popular, as, as popular as we can make them, but it does take infiltration, but I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be through, for me, it's going to be through lyrics, poppy lyrics that are, like, fun, but then you listen to them or you say them back and you're like, wait, what, what did he just say? Like, yeah. <laughs>
and or, you know, what is what is some of the greatest potential that exists? I think the greatest barrier right now, um, and I know my sister Ace is going to be proud when I say this, is the internet and this fascination with personality. It's, I'm Mr. Wallace, <laughs> you know, I am a performer, I'm out there, I'm doing my thing. But for anyone listening, I hope the one thing that everyone can take away from my experience is this, this is just me being myself. Um, and the reason why I call myself Mr. Wallace, because that's my name. I mean, yeah. my teachers called me that in high school and in elementary school. Um, there are a lot of Eric's, you know, so it's easy to say Mr. Wallace, but you know, that's you. Um, and then to, to you know, take on the, the gender pronoun female, you know, that's just an education. But I do feel she many times because mm-hmm. I've been marginalized my entire fucking life. Right. Um, so I identify with that. And I'm just playing with clothes and makeup and lyrics and saying things and saying things in certain ways to kind of like figure out who I am. I'm just living. Like I said, it was like all this should just happen. And I'm like, oh, this is my life now. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I've become a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And that's weird to me. Like, I, I'm definitely going down that route on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, on the grander, you know, global scale. But in Chicago, I've become a celebrity and I feel like there are other people who are watching and they're like, I want that. I want to come to the party and I want to get in free. I want the drink tickets. Mm-hmm. I want, and I'm like, that's not what this is the fucking about. Right. <laughs> I mean, a lot of this, like a lot of the party promoting and planning I'm doing and hosting, that's me supplementing my income. Right. Hello. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> not cute like right. when you have to be up till four o'clock in the morning you know in heels mm-hmm. <laughs> mind mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. then go at nine o'clock in the morning and be at banging olives in downtown <laughs> selling twenty thousand dollar tvs like <laughs> it's not easy bitch and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's my real life like yeah. this is not a celebrity game mm-hmm. they're like i'm not a facade i'm not an internet personality but there are a lot of internet personalities out there and they want they want attention and they're willing to say and do whatever they want and they're trying to take the education they're trying to take the 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 transgender and the cisgender you know a community and and the the, the words that we describe those right. communities by and like make themselves academic or make themselves seem arty but it's like you're doing this for celebrity <laughs> that's not going to get us where we're trying to go right because you're you're, you're being out there in a way that you don't you don't even believe hijacking the movement for personal gain <laughs> for personal gain it's happening all the time oh yeah i mean in a way david bowie did that back when you know mm-hmm. claiming to be bisexual when he felt like he really wasn't at times right. and then felt like he was and like, <laughs> married to iman for 20 some years it's like so what happened there like <laughs> so it's like why are, you know what's the what is what are your what are your gains like yeah. i want to be a performance artist but i wanted to be michael jackson when i was a kid mm-hmm. I was in theater in high school. Like, mm-hmm. I've always been performing. Right. This is not new. This is not for some new game. Oh, I could pop off on the internet and I could travel around the world. And no, right. I want to be an artist. And I want to be an artist for a good reason. Right. To show other people that they can be themselves and be happy with themselves. Like, I'm smart. I could have been a doctor. I could have shown my, you know, my brothers and my cousins, you know, you can go get a job and go to, my mom, you know, has a college degree. My mm-hmm. aunt has a master's degree. Like, I know those things are possible, but right. that's not what I've, I've never wanted that. I've been good, I'm smart, I've been good at school, but I've wanted to be a performance artist. I'm tired of these queers and these queens honey, out here. I mean, the whole RuPaul's Drag Race is like, and 
Like now you now you can't now you can't be a queen you can't be a popular queen you can't be the headliner on your flyer if you're a queen unless you won the show but you this other girl Saya she's been in the game ten years doing this and like killing it and right. it's like she has no interest in being on that show so why is she listed as other girls like I'm seeing that shit on Facebook and I'm like that's what's holding us back right that's it right there we need to stop with this celebrity shit who gives a fuck if you're on TV mm-hmm. who gives a fuck how many followers or likes you get mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck right. I'm just trying to make good art yeah 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 <laughs> so that's all that's about and that's what's gonna really get us there Excellent. so that's our biggest that's our biggest challenge our biggest hope our, our greatest you know what's gonna get us there me <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take it because I can hold it yeah. I can hold that responsibility and I think that's the kind of attitude I want to inspire other people because if we don't have that attitude then we're never gonna get there love it awesome well thank you so much for sitting down with us today and uh, and you uh, you said your mixtape is gonna be coming out in the spring in the spring right on April so we'll be on the lookout for that and uh, look out for the Banjo Report mixtape the Banjo Report uh, mixtape second edition that's coming out also uh, probably in the spring and awesome. we are also working on an EP so lots of good music coming yay out this year. well I'll post links to all that stuff on there um, awesome Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. This is Joe Briscoe with JRV Majesty Productions, and we'll catch you next time.